Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villarosa, OVS. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. I'm in my spiritual mid-twenties, but forever blonde. Winter may be ending soon, but I'll always be a cold bitch. <laughs> I may not be facing decades in jail, but somehow I'm more stressed out than Jen Shah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the question where I love a thinker and I love the beginning of a conversation, which yeah. is what I would call that tagline. Wow. <laughs> you know what, guys? No pressure, but I do have to say that I feel very strongly this is going to be an iconic episode. Oh, great. So just no pressure. Just come on through <laughs> is what I have to say. Come, come on, on through. through. You guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode I truly have no idea. I think it's 292, but I mm -hmm. have, in fact, had a glass and a half of wine. Mm. And I'm so excited to be joined by two of my favorite people. Every time we talk, every time we deep dive, every time we see each other IRL, because spoiler alert, there is apparently a world out there. There is. And we see each other in it. I am filled with such delight. It is a pleasure, an honor, a thrill to have back here on the People's People's Couch a la Zoom, mm -hmm. the hosts of the amazing podcast come through, Queen Dan Calabrese and Brendan Davis. Welcome back, my loves. How Thank are we? Thank you for having us. We're good. We yeah. are fresh off of 
our own little summer house or winter house rather wow yeah um, <laughs> <laughs> it was like 66 degrees in new york city no less than like three days ago so right. it could be winter or summer yeah it gets confusing of end of feb yeah 100 so um brendan let's say you introduce yourself then dan so people know the voices the folks behind the voice this is brendan i've got the gayer voice <laughs> that's i think that's arguable because i'm dan and i have a little bit more of a lisp than you do so okay oh. yeah. so there you go oh okay interesting so kind of a tie maybe yes <laughs> what we're saying kind of a tie listeners you decide different shades of gay i think <laughs> <laughs> i do it um so where did you guys go where you were just having like a little ski bunny weekend yeah you know, or adventure i don't know how long you were gone i mean we were inspired by Paige DeSorbo and the gang uh we did our own little winter house brendan and myself and some of our friends and husband and we headed on out to map like the Pocono area somewhere in Pennsylvania maybe like two and a half hours outside of New York City so yeah oh. yeah do you guys ski are you skiers are Ooh. you ski folk well Brendan you frolic Brendan's answer is shorter no Brendan thought about tubing and then the stars did not align for that which was probably for the best yeah right yeah. What happened? Were there no tubes? Were you like, we're missing a tube here? What By the happened? time we got there, they were like, it's going to be two hours. And I was like, I'd rather just go have a Bloody Mary in the lodge. And <laughs> that was that. Yeah. <gasps> oh, my God. And I skied like once as a child, got the flu while I was skiing. And then that was like a traumatic experience. So I never skied again. Then I learned to snowboard in college in law school fell and hit my head and got a concussion where I like thought I was like, like Princess Diana. I, no, no. I thought I was, uh, Michelle Tanner in full house in the final episode oh where God. she's like, the horse. yes, mm -hmm. yes. Where, where she's like, wh like, oh. wh like wh who is everyone? But then that all worked out fine. So then I like took a break from that. We now doing skiing, obviously wearing helmets on the bunny hill. Just hopping along with the the youngins in a group class setting. So. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I have to say, I am not a my brother mm. back in the day was a big snowboarder. Mm -hmm. yeah. We did the ski stuff. My parents paid for me to go skiing in like junior high at Mount Saint Anne in Quebec, and I. Brendan lived my best life in the lodge. I had so many hot chocolates. I had croissant. Mm -hmm. Like it was I had a wonderful time skiing. I had a not once. Uh, I think I bunny I yeah. bunny sloped it or whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, I'm good. We did do the tubing. We did do right. the tubing. I yeah. love looking I love looking at the snow and pretending I am Lindsay Hubbard. And that's about mm. it. Mm. No, the vibes are great. They got like the big fires out, like when you walk in, like people are just Hanging out. It's like a good, a good vibe when you enter the snow area. Did you guys rent a house? What did you mm -hmm. do? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, like just a, we did a long weekend renting a house. Like a friend of mine uh, had recently like purchased a place, renovated it. And we were like one of the first guests to stay at the house. So that was exciting. It was great. 
oh my god i'm gonna get the inf- i'm sure this is you guys we're getting a little walkthrough of a winter wonderland i need to get the info after this to pretend that i have um disposal income <laughs> um, because maybe instead of my rent for march sure. i'm gonna go skiing or whatever i'm into it Do i it. think that would be you know mr landlord if you're listening it's, it's, a, it's an establishment i'm staying at i'm sure that counts for something spiritually spiritually it does yes. count as a residence um so listen there's so much going on there's so much content there's so many things happening but we will get to that i have a dumb question Mm. that i'm sure i have asked you both multiple times and i'm thinking about it because you've done those patreon Mm -hmm. um episodes for come through queen which everybody Mm -hmm. needs to subscribe to and support um and you've talked about most powerful housewives most influential housewives you've gone through the list And here's my question to you. I want to know who your current, no judgment, Uh hashtag safe zone, safe room, safe area, safe whatever. Uh Who is your current top five, which is not in this context. Hold on. I'm going to add some parameters that open up that make you feel hopefully very welcome and safe and free. Not your favorites of all time. Uh Not your legacies. Although they can be alums. Sure. I just want to know who currently makes your heart go pitter-patter. You could even throw like Guardy in there. You know, like mm-hmm. you, it could be of course. literally at not, <laughs> I like that I said even, but like, and we'll get to Miami, but like it could be truly whomever you want. Somebody currently, someone that grabs your attention or you're doing a rewatch. Just who makes you feel good right now? Who's sure, top sure. five? Brendan, you should go first. Okay, yeah, I think I'm a little better off the cuff because I'm not as particular as Dan, but I'm going to say <laughs> um, first person who comes to mind is Giselle Bryant. Um, I'm always rooting for her. I just think she's gorgeous. She's funny. She's messy, of course, and I mean, she gets a lot of flack for being messy, and you know what? She keeps mm-hmm. still trudging along in this world of ours. Um, she is great. Somebody who I'm loving right now and I think is having a moment in New Jersey is Jackie. I think this is like her wow. shine. Mm-hmm. I think she's being very forthcoming wow. with um, talking about her eating disorder 100%. in a way that I've never seen that represented on television. She's also willing to get into the mix, willing to go up against Dolores in a way. Dolores mm-hmm. who I, has always been like one of my faves, but I'm leaving her off this list for right now, just because, mm-hmm. just because. Mm-hmm. Um, in Miami, I'm gonna have to give it to Alexia because mm-hmm. uh, also a person just showing her entire life. I mean, who knew that one person could give us this many storylines this intense in just one season of being back. Um, I wanna mention, and I don't know if you are, on the Melbourne train at all, but what Dan and I have been visiting Melbourne for the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and Gina Liano has the girl shaking from the moment she steps <laughs> on the screen. They really can't, yep. they really can't handle her. And then um who could honestly, who could? I know exactly. And then I just want to give it up for Sheree Whitfield. She's not back on our screens yet, but she's always been a favorite and making history as the as a housewife returning for the third time. And mm. I can't wait to see what she does. 
I love that. Those are some iconic choices. I feel contemporary movement. Mm -hmm. I feel some memories of the past that are also our future, like Sheree. Yes. For Sheree. And you know, and I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, it's not the last time she was fired. She's going to (laughs) get some sort of demotion, and then she will return again mightier than ever. You cannot keep her down. She is the modern day equivalent of a phoenix constantly mm. rising rising uh-huh. rising yeah from Portia saying goodbye ashley is what you're saying yeah. i think it's a good lifestyle to be able to like do it for a few years take a break come back like that's a good cadence to have instead of having to like do it every single year and then if you get fired worrying about never coming back she's like oh, i'll probably be back in a few years it's yeah fun. exactly do you think that we'll get a full tour of whatever update resides at uh chateau charay like whatever we have cooking over there do you think that we're gonna get do you think it looks any different from when we last saw it i mean i think the the part that we need to see would be the basement because that's what Mm -hmm. kenya was exploring and i'm sure she would not come back on our television screens with the basement in the same condition i mean i think like the focus is going to really be apparently a fashion show with some fashions so like she's she's already kind of justified like the whole Chateau Charay during the last return. This return is to justify her. She by Charay. She by Charay. Exactly. Yeah. And not only fashion show with fashions, fashion show with Apollo, apparently. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Apollo. And I want to say Lisa Wu and which other OG was there? Phaedra was there. Phaedra. But no, but like OG OG mm. whose husband was one of the Oh, Deshaun. Yeah. Deshaun was there who will always carry a special place in my heart for spending a bajillion dollars on a charity event, assuming that this not ticketed event would raise a million dollars. And then I think getting like a couple K, it was an iconic mistake that many, many people have made since. And I love her for it. She was very sweet. She was very generous. Queen of events. Queen of events, queen of events that are just, you know, an event, a mm-hmm. television event. Maybe not really a charitable one, but <laughs> I felt I felt like I had been given a gift. Yeah. So that's got to count for something. Uh, Dan, I need to know your choice. And again, no yeah. pressure. It could be just a moment. Yeah. It could be, some, they made me smile at a whatever. I'm just curious for your current, it's so unfair that I, and I love to ask it. No, I so, I mean, so much of what Brendan said, what are people who would show up on my list? So what I'm going to do is focus on stuff that's currently airing or I'm watching and not on Brendan's list. Mm-hmm. So we, as Brendan mentioned, we are like going, see Melbourne's on discovery plus now. So us Americans have no excuse, excuse anymore. Yeah. So we recently recapped season one on our Patreon and like, I'm very excited. Mm. Uh, the word on the street is season two and three are like, Hot, 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 so I'm excited for that. They were, they are. I stopped at three because then it became unavailable. It's yeah. a phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. Phenomenal. So uh, Brendan said Gina Liano. I'll say Jackie, that the psychic, because like mm-hmm. I recognize the shine, face. Shine, shine, shine. Yeah, shine, shine, shine. <laughs> whatever she says, shine I, on. Yes, yes. I mean, uh, pretty iconic to come on. Like we've seen psychics on The Housewives, but to actually be a psychic as a main cast member is pretty iconic. Uh, so yeah, Jackie. Uh, you got to give it up to Lisa Barlow. She's got the girls yes. running around in circles. <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Um, and then I'm going to give, I'm going to round out the top five with 
Goerty, Dr. Nicole, and Julia as three newbies in Miami. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, like, it's hard to come on as a new person in an established franchise. And granted, like, it's a little different in Miami because we're kind of starting from scratch, but we're kind of, mm-hmm. like, keeping some of the old. But, like, I think they all had interesting stuff going on. They meshed well. Like, they got along with each other. It doesn't feel like we're just in a room of people, like, in Salt Lake City, where no one really wants to be there. Like, they seem to all be having fun together. So, yeah. I am shaken (laughs) with the addition of Julia. I think that Julia, who I really enjoy, and I thank God every day that two seconds ago, when I finished watching the finale, I Mm. saw that they moved into a fancy house. Yeah. Because... Mm -hmm. That was, to me, the missing piece. Okay. But I'm just fascinated by that. I'm fascinated I by I mean, that. her scenes with Adriana this entire yes. season were electric. The scene of them sitting in the rain and talking <laughs> about love together. Like, there's yeah. not been anything like that since The Notebook. You know? I mean, Adriana's like, you taught me what love is. And I'm like, wait, what, what are we talking <laughs> about here? <laughs> But also, quite literally, what are we talking about? <laughs> I like, don't know. What What is happening there? It always feels like there's, like, some force off screen or, like, something left unsaid with them. And it's, like, mm-hmm. so interesting and fun slash weird to watch all at yeah. the same time. Because there is a tension that is the undercurrent of all of this that is constantly there in there's i mean she had a proposal moment yeah that was wild there's it's a lot but it's 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 very it's like it's you would you would think it's just adriana being kind of a loony but like julia with a proposal like she brings Mm -hmm. plenty loony yeah i think julia really enjoys it she enjoys the expression of Affection, I guess. Mm-hmm. I would say. It seems like I don't know. from Julia's entire history, it seems like Julia loves hard in all in all types of ways, whether it be from having several kids, having several former spouses, having Martina, having this farm where she's loving and taking care of all these animals. <laughs> like it's she just wants to love, love, love. Like yeah, shine, 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 love, love, love. Yeah. You know, Housewives was obviously started as this like way to see and kind of understand and complicate the idea of women of means living perfect lives. Right. And obviously the the formula has changed as Housewives Mm -hmm. has changed over the last 16 or however many years. How do you think someone like Julia fits into that? Is she an outlier because her interests are so different from what you would consider Mm -hmm. the housewives mold? Or does she fit into the world in the sense that standing out is the way to kind of move ahead in this in this world, in this cast, in this future for for H-dubs? Well, you mentioned when you're talking about her initially, you mentioned like you were glad that you saw that they got this fancy house. But to me, Mm -hmm. her and Martina represent wealth that there's some people have where it's like, they're totally content living their eccentric life on their farm. And that is the kind of wealthy that they are. And they like can have the means to take care of all those animals and like do that type of thing. So it is a little against the mold. And I don't even think that 
Julia thinks about that, I think Martini, yeah. Martina's mm-hmm. more in the relationship, the more uh, uh, wants like the fancier house, the fancier cars type of thing. Mm-hmm. But Julia, I think, is just like walking through life. Yeah, I mean, I she doesn't strike me as the type of person that's like, oh, I want to be a housewife. Like, I think Adriana might have just been like, come on, like, let's do this, girl. I'm mean, yeah. just like, okay, I love you, sure. <laughs> she's such a fascinating casting choice yeah. to me because she is so different, and it's like, do I like like I? She's obviously to me a great person. Mm. She's really interesting, but there's a moment where I'm like, wait, do I? like the direction it's going i think i do i mean i think i do but i can't express it i think great for a podcast i think she spread her housewives wings in the finale where she confronted Mm. larsa being like i've connected with all these women and like you kind of ignore me like i don't even exist so i thought that was interesting and like i was proud of her for like doing that you know and what did you think of Larsa's response, which is like, listen, it goes both ways. And also I have tension with your BFF production partner or something. I don't know how, you know, the, the closeness is endlessly fascinating. But of course, I'm not going to be necessarily as close to you because of that. It's, what do you, what did you think of Larsa? It seemed like, like, I think it was also brought up that Julia doesn't have an Instagram presence and I could see that as being the primary reason Larsa doesn't care about Julia. (laughs) So I don't know. Like Larsa, I, I was down on Larsa being on the show, but like by the end Mm -hmm. I was like, you know, you're one of the housewives that I don't need to like, but I can enjoy what you're bringing to the table, you know? Yeah. For me, Larsa is almost like I'm enjoying her in group scenes, but I'm not like wanting to go home with Larsa as Mm -hmm. much, you know? Yeah. 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 I'm going to say something that I never thought I would say. (laughs) When they announced Miami was returning, obviously through a parade, you guys were there. Mm. We cheered. Mm -hmm. Things happened. Streamers. Baby Ben was the grand marshal. Yeah. The whole thing. It was a whole Michigas. And then I heard some of the casting choices and I was like, okay, no Leah Black. Mm -hmm. Um, Not sure how I feel about that, but proceed because I'm so excited. Oh, wait. Larsa is returning Mm. and then I thought we're a either fucked or b she's going to be as annoying and as much of a drag as I personally felt she was Mm -hmm. during her first time on Housewives and I have to tell you she has been to me one of the biggest most shocking surprises of any return house or person I thought was going to be a certain way Mm And came to me to be someone totally different. I have been charmed by her. I find her so enjoyable. I think I actually, this is very like the, what is it? ASMR of the, the cadence of her voice. No joke. I find soothing the ways that her, the word comes out a half second after the beginning consonant or vowel or whatever. Sure, sure, like it's, sure. It, there's like a flow to it and it's a slower stream that happens. Mm. I don't know. I am invested in her. I, I don't, I can't, I can't explain it. And I love when she's a little bit selfish because Mm -hmm. I'm like, 
that is you. Like, I think she's holding back a little bit on being a dick because she remembers and she's also learned a little bit. Mm -hmm. But I, I gotta tell you, there's something about Larsa. There's something <laughs> about her. I can't believe it. I actually can't believe I'm saying this. Okay, so I am maybe not going, I'm not maybe in the parade <laughs> with you uh, yeah. on the Larsa float. But okay, but I, you cross the street. You cross yeah, the street on the way I'm to the train. I'm with you okay. in the fact that I felt that she was going to be a certain way, and I am pleasantly surprised that she's different. I'm not hanging on her every word. Every word. I'm not buying the audiobook to fall asleep to in the way mm -hmm. that you are. But I'm, I absolutely, am. I'm halfway absolutely there. Am. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think like she's she's still a little bit of the snooze that I thought she was during season one. But I think the difference between season one and now. Is that now, like in season one was not really a housewives show. Now right. she's placed in a housewives show. So she's still Larsa and like a little self-producing and careful and like has an agenda of what she wants like to be the narrative about her divorce and her family and the, this or that. So, but I'm not exactly charmed by her. Like, I don't want to be her friend. I don't want to hang out. Right. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Dan, where do you find yourself in the Adriana versus Larsa of it all? What was your reaction to that? How did you kind of process it? So I don't think Adriana's right, but I do like Agents of Chaos. Like, mm -hmm. she, Well, I mean, yeah. she's the top one. Yeah. She's the manager. So, yep. so it's like I like I like uh, a Candace. I like uh, uh, Adriana. I like a person that like is just kind of they're mixing it all up and I might not agree with them, but like we're bringing life to the the scene. So I don't, Adriana, like she, she did a lot with being a friend of, and I'm happy for her. I mean, the friends on Miami, like I, I love how it operates here. Whereas like in some other cities, it's like, we barely even touch down with the friends right. at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The friends are actually friends with these people. Like they're ingrained in it and they're not just appearing every once in a while, like in other cities. Like where's mm -hmm. Angie? Where yeah. is Angie? Mm. Well, we, we touched on Angie during the, the yeah. reunion. Yeah. Yeah. Angie is one of those wild cases of someone who technically is involved in this season, but you don't want to be the screenshot of the text because I would think that that kind of contribution it, while some of the castmates are acting as your um, surrogate, mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of value that brings you aside from name recognition, which can bring a lot of value, especially if they know that they have to recast. Yeah. But, um, with Miami, I just think Marisol is such a priceless contribution, and frankly, to me, is the perfect friend and is so great at exactly the spot that she's in, mm. I would hate to see her get promoted because I think this is actually exactly right. Do you want Marisol to to find herself a whatever palm tree or whatever the fuck they're holding? <laughs> a mojito? A, a dream? A dream? Um, okay, great, great. So here's the thing with Marisol, and I think I, I think I agree with you for now because Marisol was very great at the beginning of the season, was so funny, like comic relief, once she started going after Dr. Nicole so hard, it got so cringy with Marisol for a sec. But mm -hmm. then she like, by the finale, mm -hmm. she turned the ship around and she had me loving her again. By like yeah. making up with Dr. Nicole and like all that. She knows what she needs to do. She just like sometimes is like, 
not quite on top of it. Like, hence her Watch Robin's live appearance. There was like mm. a, that really great moment where she gave Andy uh, the, the, oh my God. Oh, rosary? A rosary. I was, yeah. I was raised Catholic, so me, yeah. With a Star of David on it. I oh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah. yeah, but the rest of the episode, she wasn't quite, like, yeah. playing along. So, like, mm. sometimes she really gets it. Sometimes she, like, totally misses. Yeah. She's she's one of the housewives that are not good at Watch Robins Live. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Do you think that she's so used to, she's a certain kind of, of housewives in, in the sense that like she's great at a controlled environment and it's a little too you gotta answer the questions no matter what and yeah. she was not answering a question yeah sort of on that note but not really i think there's been a lot of conversation about the power of alexia as a housewife because mm. of the storyline that um, is just a naturally driven one. There's always something happening in her life and she has mm -hmm. been so unbelievably vulnerable and consistent in that vulnerability. But when was the last time that, you know, like the cue card at the end of an episode featured a do-over of her wedding after her mom died on her original <laughs> I date, know. Goes to, but here's the happy ending. And then there's the fucking capper to that, which is like not really because her son just got arrested for domestic violence. Like, how are we even to process the combination of bad luck and just ever ongoing new waves of sadness and drama? I mean, what is there to say about this? This is the 10th, like the 10th thing we're on with her this season. Yeah. And it's all stuff yeah. that's happened to her in her life. And like, she's showing it, which is a great quality. It's almost a Judician quality as far as like being willing mm -hmm. to show your life. And it's funny saying that now as Teresa's now doing a little <laughs> bit of pulling. You're not allowed to see any of it. You're not allowed to see any of right. it. Yeah. yeah. She's like for the first time doing like a little bit of pulling back and not selling her life mm. on magazine covers, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. So it's interesting to see this from someone, especially in 2022, when you expect a lot of these women coming back on to be like tight and try to hold the narrative. Um, mm -hmm. Another opposite of this is like, Meredith, which I'm sure we'll get to at some point. Yeah. So much was going on in her life this entire season. We didn't know about any of it. So yeah. the fights that she was having felt so baseless and stupid, yet she was dealing with all this stuff off camera that she wasn't showing the audience. But Alexia is not doing that. Alexia is showing everything. So yeah. it's like, it's refreshing. It's sad. It's angering. It's like all of the emotions because like so many different types of things are happening to her. Yeah. I can't imagine what it must be to react to news as Alexia. Like, when do you get a chance to feel like this is going to be okay? Like, the Peter news, which is just terrible all mm -hmm. around, and unfortunately, because of her role on TV, is something that she has to unfortunately respond to on national TV, which I'm sure we'll see on the reunion. But it's just got to be a stressor i mean to think about how you're reacting to things or addressing things that have happened several weeks ago and there's always something it's just she's just terribly unlucky i hate to say it but what else, what other way could you describe someone's life like this you know yeah 
I mean, I do think that there is the update. She was on Watch Weapons Live and like was like, oh, I can't really talk about it because obviously it was an mm-hmm. ongoing case. But I think the case has only recently, oh. yeah, been the, the charges were dropped. So, yeah. Yeah. So at least that's I, I don't know what the status is either with Miami. Like, I would imagine they should be getting cameras up and like get the mm-hmm. ball rolling again. But we I, like I don't know if anyone has heard anything yet. I haven't, but I would assume that because there's been just such a rabidly positive response, I think it's been raves across the board. Similar, I would say, to certainly Girls Trip, but also um, Salt Lake City's, you know, season one premiere, like, and actually even season two, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that there absolutely must be another, but it, it comes to a question of of timing i would say like when when how soon can we get this done and and who's going to be a part of it do you anticipate any major cast changes or anything that either of you would like to see in a dream scenario where you're like oof more kiki Um, yeah more kiki like make her an actual friend of yeah it's so interesting that in a conversation about how natural friends of fit on Miami, the Marisol of it all, mm-hmm. Adriana, for in the understanding her history with the women, um, regardless of how she performs. But Kiki, I, I feel like we never really got a chance to know. And yet she's in so many of these major scenes yeah. and moments. It's it's unfortunate, mm-hmm. I would say. Yeah. I, I think it's like probably tough for production to figure out like the logistics. Okay, we're taking a chance making two of the main characters from the original Mm. season friends of and Mm -hmm. casting three new actual housewives. So like them having to tinker with that, I'm sure the addition of Kiki was like, where do we place her? Like how much do we focus on her? Mm -hmm. And it seems like, I mean, it seems like the fans are kind of like, okay, this person is always around, always in conversation. She's showing up to like smaller group scenes to help with things. Like let's hear from her more. Yeah. And has a sense of humor too. Like she, when yeah. we do hear from her, like she's pretty funny. So, yeah, I can't believe that Miami. I'm so excited for the reunion. I'm just very sad that the and the finale was so impactful. Mm. I mean, I cried. I had a friend over who was had never seen this season, but had seen mm-hmm. previous ones, and was absolutely sobbing, understandably yeah. so, during the uh, reveal that Alexia's mother had so terribly and, and sadly passed away. I mean, it just. This season hit on every level, and I thought the finale really delivered. Yeah. Which I was really thankful for, honestly. I know you you don't watch the episodes live. Do you did you feel did you feel as though there was any impact on Miami like airing on Peacock at midnight in terms of the response to the show? Because I tend to watch it live or live-ish like that night. And it feels like no one ever really knows when to talk online about Miami. Like, like the Miami housewives are on watch weapons live a different night, not the day it's airing. And like, it feels like I, it, they're missing out by not being on Bravo. I think in a way. I mean, it would make sense for them to be on watch what happens like every Thursday. Yeah. Right? Right. Isn't that when, I mean, I literally only what we're recording this Monday night. I literally only watched the finale just now okay right ended right before we started recording and um it is one of those things where when you don't watch live episodes you and you still and by you i mean i Mm -hmm. still go on instagram that you're like taking the chance that there's stuff that's going to be spoiled so i try to Mm -hmm. stay away from certain things or i'll like go straight to messages or whatever but 
trying, but I know that I'm taking the, in spoiler yeah. culture, you just shouldn't be on social media if you don't want to see anything. It's no right. fault sure. but you, sure. your own. Um, but I have come to sort of realize that with some of these seasons, some of these special moments in time, maybe I should change my mind a little bit and start watching live episodes Although in the case of Miami, as you said, it is slightly awkward mm -hmm. because Instagram culture within the Bravo community is so communal that people are mm -hmm. used to seeing memes go up and GIFs, yeah, right. which is how I call it, potato, potato, gif, gif. Mm -hmm. But like you're used to seeing certain things timed against the airing of the mm -hmm. episode. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I think that people have probably started to kind of get used to the thursday afternoon of it all right. or like thursday morning that's just kind of the water cooler it's no it's a it is a daytime water cooler talk it's not the pm but mm -hmm. i think it's also the future of what's going to happen mm -hmm. there are going to be shows and pieces of content that we may consider artistically prestige that will be on peacock they yeah. want peacock yeah. to succeed they need more miami franchises and we're just going to have to adjust. The thing is, like, you can have it both ways in my mind. I mean, like, mm. for example, like, Euphoria is HBO Max oh. in a huge streaming thing, and people watch it live. And, like, yeah. I mean, Dan and I, you, we know you don't use Twitter, but Dan and I use Twitter. And then, like, I also yeah. like texting with my friends who are watching live yeah. during episodes like that as well if I don't want to, like, be looking at Twitter. So I think there is a model where they could move it to an evening and have it run at, like, 9 p.m. Eastern time, much like HBO Max has a lot of success doing with all of its shows. Yeah. Um, I would love that. And as someone who just got rid of her a table TV, TV, so that's right. I am paying for Housewives mm, now mm -hmm. individually for episode, which is wow. quite a thrill. Um, but you know, Euphoria, the internet, every our personalities, our souls, our mm -hmm. spirits blew up yesterday because we all crashed essentially HBO Max. Right. And my episode of Euphoria didn't start. People started, I think, being able to access it 20 or so minutes mm -hmm. in. I couldn't access mine until uh, like 945 or whatever. But I was there at the moment. As someone who does not participate in live TV culture, mm -hmm. I was at the on the couch uh, looking at the TV, pressing the HBO Max app or whatever the fuck waiting for the absolute second that I could get it, which I do think supports the idea that we would love to see it. Maybe that is the direction that Peacock needs yeah. to go in mm -hmm. to like just kind of organize it a little bit. So everything feels a little bit more specific. I think that you're both raising really good points here yeah. and it could help. It could only help Miami yeah. at the end of the day. And it makes them feel like they're a part of the conversation, especially for, you know, Tozy's Pippin, who mm. knows herself some social media. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they all want to be able to participate in it and, and not feel kind of left out. Yeah. Speaking of left out, mm. I don't want to leave out what I think is a major part of the conversation. Of course. Okay. Um, Teresa and Louis, which I do want to get to, but I don't know if we'll have time. Mm -hmm. But really, part one of the Salt Lake City reunion, which mm. just aired yes. um, on the heels of its trailer. Mm -hmm. To me, a different vibe, but I'd love to know your thoughts. Yes. Uh, what do you guys think about, what did you think about part one as, as a whole? Did it deliver for you in the ways that you were potentially expecting or possibly not? I love the set. 
The set is like my favorite set <laughs> of all time. I know. I do. That was very Aretha Franklin talking about Taylor Swift <laughs> no, right no, there. No, 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 no. Oh, no, beautiful gowns. No, okay. The fishing hole is just, I just love it. It's like kind of reminding me of the Atlanta when they had the Japan entire set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just a nightmare. Yeah, loved it. I love loved that. it. Yeah, loved yeah. it. No, I mean, and then everyone was talking about the, the fashions forever. I think it's fun. It works. It's a pop. I just, I like the Jen Shaw thing is a little distracting, even with the gloves off, the feathers in the mm. face. Mm-hmm. I wish that wasn't in every shot. Um, but content wise, I, I mean, the thing is, I enjoyed this season of Salt Lake City. I think mm-hmm. there were interesting parts, but to compare it to Miami, where like you could watch Miami and understand what is going on. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's hard to understand what is going on in Salt Lake City a lot of the time, especially with the revelation in this episode where there was a lot going on in Meredith's life that we did not know about. So right. we don't know what she's thinking or feeling or responding to. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's so much going on with Jen Shah and Mary individually, like church stuff, arrest stuff, mm-hmm. but we don't really get too deep into any of it. And I think like the the lesson that I learned from this episode of this reunion, it's like, everyone's a little wrong across mm. the board there were moments where it was like it. there were moments where you got a clip of someone saying something stupid like throughout the entire episode and it was like okay everyone's a little wrong in this episode in the season where um not to move to jersey yet but like we're in jersey the fights that are happening like everyone's kind of like a little right in yeah, yeah, yeah. ways mm. but like i'm not rooting for salt lake city the girlies there because I'm like everything's everything's bad and like you all have said something really shitty on this TV show this season. Yeah, it's strange how it feels like Jen Shaw seems to be the most normal person on the couches <laughs> right now. Yeah, it's this season was all about like we're keeping it in our minds the awful things that Jen, yes. Jen Shaw has Always. done, but it's like there's something watchable about her because she seems nice in the context of like everything all the petty shit going on with this group of women and petty and serious shit but like just like the way the season has been set up it's like we're forgetting about Jen Shaw's awful acts and she's coming across good Mm -hmm. in some contexts in some ways weirdly that seems weird to say but it's like I know it's compared to the Erica stuff a lot, but the way that Erica kind of acted that entire Beverly Hills season, it's like, Jen Shaw's like being nice. It feels totally different. Like, and the the crazy thing is like, Jen is the one who's been charged as like, you know, the top person in this massive scheme. And yet, Jen, to me oddly enough comes across and is received almost as the person with the least amount of baggage yeah. on those couches like she seems lighter now than she was last season maybe you know it's just part one obviously we're going to get into the court mm-hmm. stuff more as as the yeah. reunion goes on but it is somewhat wild that this woman who andy himself was like you're facing decades in federal prison seems pretty okay in the sense of how she's processing it or not yeah which is so looney tunes to to think but i feel like that's what 
that's how I reacted to this. Yeah, I mean, like, that's kind of, that is what Dan was getting to in his tagline at the top of the episode. It's like, mm. it's like, we're all worried about, like, you world have eyes on the fact that you're going to jail potentially for decades yet it's all going in one ear with you and out the other ear maybe hitting some feathers on the way but like (laughs) it's it's not great yeah with john it's you know the gloves are off literally Mm -hmm. and otherwise and yet no one's really taking any turn at her the only the the way that they are is by saying, listen, you you body shame me or fat shame me, but somehow mm. that's better than what I'm telling you that Lisa Barlow has yeah. done. But, you know, they're not saying like, and you're a criminal. Nobody's doing anything that would be 20 percent of what would be said on Jersey, mm-hmm. maybe on New York from a couple of seasons ago, um, on Orange County, if Tamara was there mm-hmm. on Atlanta five seconds with Giselle in an elevator like it's just it is somewhat fascinating that there is an elephant in the room when we talk about the idea of this big moment of news and yet nobody wants to address it the only conduit to it is talking about Meredith's dead dad right make that make sense to me yeah I could not believe this entire, like the entire Meredith thing, like why were they so hyper-focused on like the exact date? Cause I don't know, like, I mean, I'm sure we've all lost people in our lives. When you go to like, go bury them, that's like a couple days process. You're not really clear when your friends go away for that, like exactly when they're doing what part of that. So like, why was everyone so obsessed with that? It made no sense. But then she also was in a place where she can't, couldn't really like, sit and clear that up for them not that she has to but she was dealing with all this other bullshit in her life that we're learning about on this episode as well which was wild i had no idea about the stuff with her sister her nephew like any of that stuff Mm -hmm. it's just like nobody's communicating properly so we're all we're all we're all in a tornado bad weather bad weather yeah and how much of it did lisa know when it came to because didn't did meredith at one point say that lisa was like aware of some of this didn't she i thought Ooh. she did but i could be 100 percent wrong yeah i might have missed that with i could be pulling this out of my ass she could have been talking about something else and um, lisa's like like one of my favorites to watch but also some she's not a reliable narrator anyway so like you don't know what she knows what she doesn't know at all times Oh, speaking of Lisa, I was obsessed with Heather Gay saying, like, every time we should have seen you tell us what we what we're supposed to talk about, what we can't talk about. Like, produ- like Lisa producer Barlow cracks me mm-hmm. up. Like, I find that really fascinating. That's why, like, she's on my list of the interesting people, because, like, she, even though she's, like, a nut, like, she is very interesting to watch. Um, I 1000% agree and would have her on mine. And I don't know what is happening in Salt Lake City. And I think some of it is the downward spiral of bad weather and seeing the glee and the we're seeing them flex their muscles while they're accusing other people of doing a light stretch. And it's just it is fascinating because I feel like it's so entirely disingenuous and I'm also very appreciative for it. But I mean, the phoenix has risen in Salt Lake City, and I do think I, I know that I am a barho. Like I, <laughs> yeah. I, I know that I am. I respect her. I am fascinated by her. I think she has the right to be perplexed about this, and 
I do think that like the stuff with Jack and the invite list, it's like we're all talking <laughs> around this thing that if Mary had been there, I think we would have been discussing, which is you invited people who you thought would be pissed about Mary's church right. because they had attended. Let's not pretend this is like mommy has friends. Yeah. You know, like it's <laughs> there was an intention here, but the way you're selling it, fine. You're being dragged in so many other places. Like, let's just do I think she's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. She's she has this frenetic energy. <laughs> That is kind of taking over in a little bit. And she has the right to reveal it because she is getting hit on all sides. And it is super fucking ridiculous that these women are like, but back to Lisa being a bad person. Jen, I'm so glad we're friends. Well, like, what is happening? Well, the thing is, like they said it in the reunion, they said there are someone who stirs the pot on either side of mm. the, either couch. And one of them, obviously, was Lisa Barlow. And Whitney said she Whitney takes said the baton. She's Taking the baton, but I think like Whitney doesn't stir the pot. She kind of like just like holds the pot, walks around, and drunkenly accidentally spills it around <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's like um, we were just in Scranton this weekend, like that famous scene from The Office where Kevin from The Office spills the pot of chili. That's oh my that's god, iconic. Yeah, <laughs> that's her with the pot. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'm nervous about this next season because. I mean, obviously Jenny is no longer filming and that's a good thing, but what is Lisa Barlow doing next season if everybody hates her? I mean, they were in uh, Arizona, like smiling. Yeah, together. everyone was smiling. <laughs> like what was going on there? <laughs> it feels like at a certain point, these women don't actually know how they're supposed to behave, yeah. right. which is, I mean that like kind of literally. I don't think they know what to dire what direction to go in because it is also only their third season mm -hmm. and the Gen stuff has completely to me changed the direction of how they were going to respond to things because they think they think it's untouchable at a certain yeah. point. And they're not entirely wrong when it comes to like She's still on the show. We sort of need to figure out a way to make this work. Yeah. So we're just going to isolate others instead. I, I don't know. It, it, it does feel like it could go bad real quick. Heather's going to have some regrets, I think. I don't and think it's she also, does. I know, but also, like, Heather needs, like, a wake-up call, a reunion coach. Like, she yeah. has the potential to be the most likable person on this cast. And she is in a lot of ways. Like when we're watching her on the screen, like she comes across very likable, very relatable, all of the stuff, her explaining Mormonism to mm. the world via oh, Salt Lake City so this entire season was so interesting. Mm -hmm. She sits in those reunions and she always makes bad choices. Yes. <laughs> it happened the first season. She bounced back from it a little bit. But then when we, now we're in this reunion, it's like, what are we, what are you doing? Girl, what do you think you're doing? How do you think she is processing this? Why do you think she's making the choices that she's making? What do you think is happening in her head? I think that her and Whitney have gotten this little alliance together and have like, yes and to each other into this like weird little fantasy world of theirs. And they want to take down Lisa Barlow for some reason when they should realize that they need to pivot and they would be stronger together. Yeah, and yet it doesn't feel like yes and to me. It feels more like this is scripted and this right. is the, or this is not scripted in the sense that like literally scripted, but this is this was a, an idea that we had or we both fucking hate Lisa and we want that to be the thing or we see an into 
you know, this Meredith narrative that we're just going to kind of twist and turn. It doesn't necessarily feel like they're like making beautiful jazz together oh, and like no. going on a riff. I meant they're like, they before this were insular and only like they're yes right. menning each other. They're yes. A hundred percent. And mm-hmm. like there's no critical eye in like the narrative that they're trying to spin on this reunion. Do you think that hair that Heather is getting a certain kind of edit? Do you think that the people are being less precious with her than they maybe were before? Or is it just that she's giving them stuff that's uh, quicker to critique, shall we say? Um, I felt like last year's reunion, she came across pretty poorly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think they're just she's doing this to herself. Yeah, for sure. I just don't understand what's. I think that there's a certain amount of like a little bit of a high when you feel like you have the audience in your pocket. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think she's had that so much, but the cast universally got criticized for not holding Jen accountable. So it's a weird thing because there's like the bubble of being an audience favorite and then the bubble of being in production on set and feeling like you have support of whomever on the couch and then there's the bubble of people accusing you of being in a bubble. Yeah. And I just, I don't know which one Heather is responding to, but she's incredibly perceptive. I, I just, I feel like the Jen stuff is really difficult for them to tackle as a cast together. Cause like, what, it, like at the end of the day, what is there to say? Like, well, a, a normal person might be like, oh, maybe I want to distance myself from you a little bit while this is all going on. Mm-hmm. Like I can support you from afar maybe but like mm-hmm. we need to all film together and she's still filming so that's not really going to be an option so and and then jen's not going to like go into specifics and defend yeah. herself against each charge line by line so we kind of just have to wait it out and see like what happens like in court it's so sh- it's strange because it felt like the Teresa stuff all happened like so quickly yeah. Mm-hmm. And like with stuff mm-hmm. going on with er- with Erica and Jen feels like we're going to get two. S- well, we'll see what happens with Jen. Like a lot of times court dates will get delayed and postponed yep. and adjourned. So like yeah. stuff getting dragged out for two years feels like a lot. Whereas like Teresa was like, oh, wow, like we're already sentenced and Joe's going to jail and Teresa's going to jail. But yep. maybe that's just like the since that's all in the past, it feels like it yeah. happened for her. And to your point on, um, how, like, how do you approach this as a cast member? I think we saw Meredith try to, like, push Jen away and be mm-hmm. like, this is better if I, like, if we are separate. And then now she's, like, coming back in because she yeah. knows that she has to work with Jen in order to, like, continue to be on this show. Like, yeah. her, like, making up with Jen at this reunion was kind of unexpected to me, but it's like, where else would mm-hmm. she go? She yeah. can't disengage mm-hmm. further. I mean, the problem is like the, the cast is not large to begin with and shrinking as the weeks go by. Yeah. So <laughs> they need like housewives and friends. Like let's do the Miami uh, formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a ton of people in the room. And then like, if some people want nothing to do with Jen, that is then okay. Cause then we have, we have so many filming partners. Yeah. And you know, a lot of changes going on. They had that card at the beginning of mm. the episode saying mm-hmm. um, a lot of stuff and some of it, some of it one could call words. Um, let me grab it. The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City reunion was taped prior to Jenny when social posts becoming public. Sidebar, they were 
public on yeah. Facebook, which yeah. is how people were able to grab them. But um, who knows what that means? Continuing on. And her subsequent departure from the series, those posts are not addressed in the show. Do you think that the first episode was edited in any way, noting or, or re-edited rather, uh, noting this, um, you know, revelation or or reveal? The most obvious part mm. is them leaving in the part where Jenny herself says anybody can be racist. Yeah, it was like yeah. true. It's it, that felt like how was this not scripted? The fact that we had that title card, yeah, and then that yeah. moment in that same episode, wow, crazy. I mean, the part that's a little frustrating is, I mean, you mentioned like these were this was all public. When we go into re, a reunion, it's like this is the time where we can get up to date and like. It feels like we're never up to date with Salt Lake City because then mm -hmm. something else will come out and then we're still kind of living in the in the past. There were a couple cringe moments specifically because of the Jenny of it mm -hmm. all. And I thought the absolute most cringeworthy moment of the entire first part of the season, understanding that we have a woman on stage who has allegedly defrauded yeah. millions of dollars from vulnerable people, was Heather saying a lot about Mary's racism, mm. which I just felt they focused on it a lot mm -hmm. and, and should, you know, yeah. in the sense of like, this is important to discuss, but it's so tone deaf to me in light of what we understand about Jenny, in mm -hmm. light of her very obvious anti black racism. And we're not getting that side of it. We're not understanding. We're, we now know more about Jenny than Jenny knows about Jenny even now. Mm. And it's just incredibly cringe to see Heather, someone who's been accused of borrowing aspects mm. of mm -hmm. a culture she's not a part of, to be almost heavy handed in making a statement about Mary in light of what we understand about Jenny, in light of a conversation about racism. I just thought it was. I like gasped. I, I, which is very abnormal for mm -hmm. me. I, I thought it was real awk. But is there a, another way around it? Like, what do you do when you want to have this important conversation and the participant isn't present, or the person involved in the conversation yeah. really that it's directed toward isn't there? Like, how much freedom did that give Heather to feel like she could really double down? Well, you can't. I mean that's going to be tough in this go round, And then also like early next season, when we know like mm. Jenny is going to be filming with them early on. And then like what conversations are they going to be having? So it is like difficult with not all parties there. I don't think that mm -hmm. Heather should take it upon herself to speak for like anyone in this context. I think that's weird. Also mm -hmm. like Heather, like showed her weird anti-Asian racism in this segment as well like when they showed the segment about her like comparing Jenny oh my to an anime God, character right. and then she like when Heather was confronted with that in the reunion she I don't think she did a good job like she apologized yeah. but I don't think she did a good job in the way she apologized because she said a bunch of other weird shit that can be like mm -hmm. misconstrued as well so yeah I mean I think that like like I said at the beginning of us talking about Salt Lake City like this cast in this reunion has proved that like everyone is in the wrong <laughs> yeah yeah i mean what you said essentially it's hard to ha i don't know how they you can't really win production wise like 
You can't right. not have the conversation, but then you're having the conversation without everybody present. So like what, neither is the ideal situation really. Yeah. And the thesis that you're making is that this person said ignorant things that were racist, but the intention there was different than Jenny's. Like we're all mm -hmm. talking about how the impact is really important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, these women are assuming or presuming they understood Mary's intention, which I would argue is not necessarily in some of these instances exactly right. I, I don't think that they understood her intention because they can't actually speak for that. They don't know her, but they all seem to have a pretty good idea. And at the end of the day, we everything that Jenny said about Mary is more than appropriate for Jenny plus some. So it's like we're having this conversation that we know going in is going to be odd because of the revelations mm -hmm. about Jenny. And I think it just makes everything so cringe because there should be a conversation to be had. Bravo's actually taking the time to talk about this. Yeah. Even though they're doing it with, uh, in, in, they're doing it in a way that is somewhat questionable in light of the fact that they always do seem to make time when it, to talk about a person's behavior in a, in a heavy criticism, regardless of whether or not it's merited when that person is a black housewife. Right. And yet they're making that. So they're making the time to do this as they should, even though it's incredibly not consistent and does mm -hmm. appear to be happening on a consistent basis along racial lines. Mm -hmm. But it is something that's happening. But the main participant, the person who arguably is like the victim of this, is the person who by far seemed to take Lee in posting these incredibly violent racist things. So it's like, what am I, how am I supposed to process this? Regardless, you know, from the intro card, like, how do I how do I find value in this conversation? I know I should, but like, how do I do it when Jenny is the one who's teaching me? Well, I mean, that's the thing about human beings is like, yeah, there's no perfect moral person you can hold up as your teacher in any of this because that's not how human beings work. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I don't like Bravo's trying to figure this out in their own way. So right. yeah. they're showing yeah. us a conversation that happened. I mm -hmm. am happy we're seeing the conversation with the context totally. of when this happened and what's gone on since and all of that. But we're there's I don't think that we're supposed to we can take lessons from this conversation, obviously. Yeah. But given the people on stage, I don't know if we're gonna learn a ton of positive from that. You know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I also think there's like the idea of like nobody's perfect. And also the idea of like, I don't ever want Jenny to be my teacher from right. here on out. It's it's unfortunate because there are valuable lessons we could learn about this, especially because as we saw with what um, Crystal discussed on the Beverly Hills reunion, mm -hmm. there is mm -hmm. very specific anti race anti there's very specific anti-Asian racism that exists um, in large number within the Bravo community, obviously, right, and also course. the greater world. Sure. But it is something that nobody wants to discuss, and it's in, it's disturbing and terrible. It's just a wild thing to watch Jenny talk about how disturbing racism is, knowing that she will then go on an Instagram live. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
and say that she is the victim of her own racist act. Mm-hmm. It's like it's it's too much. It's act. It feels it. And 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 I'm not saying this as a way of like. And they shouldn't have done it. Of course they should yeah. have. It was they. There was no way. You know, if you didn't know that these things were there, how are you going to know? I don't know. Right, it's but just, this it's, is it's an uncomfortable moment. It's an uncomfortable moment. But yeah, but is like is. this is Taylor's oldest time. People center themselves in the narrative that they want to tell, and that was Jenny. What the narrative mm-hmm. she wanted to tell. Obviously, we all view it as problematic and fucked up. And mm-hmm. but it's it is what it is. I think it's like this reunion is going to be a mess given everything that has happened off screen and how much time since they filmed the reunion doesn't it feel like they filmed it a decade ago yeah. like those looks came out so long ago so so long yeah. ago the only good thing i would say about the fact that they filmed the reunion so early is that the women had to binge the last couple mm. eps yeah which adds this flavor to lisa barlow feeling like she's under attack but like some of this stuff these women hadn't seen, hadn't seen confessionals, mm-hmm. hadn't entirely understood what had happened at point X, Y, and Z. And it's like, well, you know, there are other major areas in which I had, I wish that they had waited a week or two in which to do this. But in other ways, it is somewhat fascinating that a lot of this stuff came to a head the night before, just in even getting this yeah. content. Like for someone, I would think like Heather. Uh, for for people like Bad Weather, who I think would kind mm-hmm. of not Jill Zarin strategize, but would want to have an idea of what they're doing, that does kind of even the playing field in terms of you can't really entirely figure out exactly what you're going to say if you haven't seen this stuff yeah. until the night before. Yeah, that does add a little a, a level of energy, but is it worth the the cost of that? Well, you know, it's you also like never know how a lot of the explosive stuff is going to be reacted to by the audience. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you can really base everything that you do on the audience. But mm-hmm. I feel if this Lisa Barlow sound clip had come out a little earlier in the season and she saw the audience reaction to it because the audience was like, instantly iconic um <laughs> they, she might have been like maybe i'll lean into it a little more maybe i'll be a little more comfortable going on stage knowing that like the audience likes this but she's always trying to play like all sides which is like also which makes her like fun frenetic energy so so it is what it is we can't we can't um undo the way that bravo decided to roll this out or like film these reunions but yeah I, yeah I, I like watching I mean, when, when we learned, like, as the reunion was being filmed that Mary was not there, I think everyone, mm-hmm. a, a lot of people had the fear, like, oh, how are we even going to have a conversation? And I think the fact that they watched the episodes the day before mm-hmm. really helped. Saved the day. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Do you think that they, I mean, do you think that they didn't know that Mary was going to be there? When do you think that they found out that Mary wasn't, wasn't going to be there? Do you think it was on the couch? Do you think it was mm-hmm. that day? Do you think it was the night before? It's like I think Andy said that he had spoken to her days earlier. Days before. Yeah. 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 But I think like... Well, I'm sorry, by they, I mean the cast. Oh, sorry. I, I think, think production had a pretty good idea that she wasn't going to attend. Yeah. I think Meredith knew probably. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about the others, but yeah. Hmm. Oh, man. And how do you think the reunion would have been different had she been there? Do you think that she would have had a moment of how do you think that she would have contributed to the reunion cycle itself? Uh, I mean, I think people last year were surprised that Mary had stuff to contribute to the reunion. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I like I, there is entertainment value in Mary, but I've been of the mindset of like, I don't really want her on the, the show moving forward. So like, if this is how we're losing her in my book, it's kind of like, so be it. Like, I would like to wrap it up, but like, it's just, you can't have, like, you can't have an argument or a conversation with her. So like the way she reacts doesn't always make sense. Mm-hmm. So like, I like, to understand what someone's thinking, what someone's point of view is, and I can't with Mary. So mm-hmm. obviously there would have been value in, in resolving what had transpired, but I'm interested in what a Salt Lake City moving forward without her looks like. Like mm-hmm. people in a room who can reason with each other potentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Meredith line of, like, I don't think this was healthy for Mary, I thought was particularly astute. Mm -hmm. I think someone needed to say it and say it on the couches and say it in a way where, you know, she was, she wasn't meant to be an insult. It was just honestly the truth, you know, it just wasn't healthy for her. Um, I do have a question for you that's kind of, like, essentially unrelated. Lisa Barlow obviously has a lot of frustration about her monologue being shared. And that frustration is directed in many ways at production. But Mm -hmm. her uh, argument is essentially, if you take out the monologue, if you take out what I said about Meredith, um, I'm a good friend. Do you think that that's the case? Do you think that this was an isolated incident and that otherwise Lisa should be judged um, on the, you know, majority of her Ooh. character, mm. as we have seen. How do you how do you respond to that? Um, I don't think so. <laughs> as somebody okay. who has like if we're talking real friendship, take out the show and coworkers being a part of this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Their friend circle, their friend circle. Like, yeah. If I found out that like any of my friends said said this with the tone that she did, I don't mm. care them saying that I slept with half of New York. Like Dan knew me in my early twenties, yeah. whatever. But like, <laughs> but like if with the tone and the vitriol, I think would be the thing. Like if I found out that he did that, I'd be like, mm. Dan, what? Like we bicker and we like disagree, but we usually say it to each other's faces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they seemed for most of the season to not be in each other's good graces, but there would have been the potential for bouncing back. I mean, Mm -hmm. they're smiling in Arizona. Maybe they are bouncing back somehow. I don't know. (laughs) What would be the bigger shock to you, Lisa and Meredith being able to repair or Meredith and Jen being able to repair? I mean, Meredith and Jen like seem to be on the road right now. So, I mean, and I think it's easier to repair something when you're when you're not that close to begin with because like you're still in the process of building your relationship versus if they were super close and then you like rip it apart that seems harder to repair yeah and i like think meredith is kind of is pretty calculated in like how she thinks things will be received so i think Mm. she went so hard against jen because she thought that's what the audience would want and then seeing how like weirdly the audience doesn't hate jen as much as like people thought she would i think (laughs) she's willing to i think she's willing to warm up to her a little bit Mm -hmm. i don't know i you know i i was honestly 
shocked at how at how much I enjoyed the reunion. I I had kind of low expectations for it because I didn't die for the trailer mm. and the Mary of it all plus Jenny. Like I, I just kind of was like, oh, I don't know how this is gonna go. Mm. I actually thought it was a really strong part one. I have to say. And I'm gonna say, to say something. I'm gonna say something. The outfits. <laughs> work in the context yeah. of the set. Why is that? Why is it because they had to go to Frozen for them to work? Because on Instagram initially, a fucking mess. I don't know. Maybe I'm like so used to these outfits because they've been in my life for a decade now <laughs> or something. <laughs> but like they it, they work. I'm like, I look at Meredith and I'm like, chic? Like, yeah. am I loving this? <laughs> Are you? Wait a yeah. minute. I'm no fashionista. No. I'm no fashionista, but I I like what I see and I see what I like. I'm love I'm loving her little like bun, little hair With the wispies. I like and the thing is, you know, love it or hate it, you're going to remember each and every one of these looks like 5 years from now, whereas other reunions like stuff blends together and I don't really remember anything, mm-hmm. but like these are all going to become iconic fashion moments. Except for, I mean, Heather's is just like, I, I did not like Heather's when she was standing up. And now that she's sitting down, yeah. it's just kind of like, fine. It's more yeah. to do. Like, I, I'm paying more attention to like her styling, which I like more this go around than, mm-hmm. than last time. But everyone else, like, it's like a shock to the system. But I like, that's what you got to do. You got to make a statement. Like, in Roni, I remember Carol's like tan rag. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know exactly. Don't remember anyone else's from that reunion. So Dan has a point. Yeah. Yeah, that is a really good point. Um, my God, speaking of points, mm. I wanted to talk to you both about Tree and Louie, yeah. but I think this is going to be, I mean, I think it's going to be a little bit of a to be continued. I think I'm just going to use this as an excuse to get you both back yeah. because as the season goes on, there are going to be a lot of reveals and a lot of revelations. Maybe is there, speaking of the TLDR, is there a little bit of a thesis that you would both like to share about how you think that this will um, how you think Teresa, a woman who has arguably more power than many, many mm. housewives, mm. Uh, do you think that this will play out in her favor? The uh, we're not going to talk about this because because I said that we're not. Okay, I have a thesis statement which I've said on Come Through Queen, and I'm going to share Ooh, it with uh, with uh, Andy's girls, people's people's couch. Uh, I think Jackie's frat party was a glimpse at a world where we can have fun without Teresa in the room. So like, if you're going to throw a temper <gasps> tantrum, so be it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. There was conflict. saying that her, should we say that her job is at risk or like, like ma'am, maybe don't tell us that I shouldn't have to show this stuff because we might just be looking at other people well, for the show. I think what would be so funny and send her into a tailspin, which like she may or may not agree to depending on like the mortgage payments that she has to make on this new house is mm-hmm. <laughs> imagine bringing her on. It's like, okay, oh, you don't want to share stuff about your life. You're a friend of Zia Melissa. <gasps> <laughs> Whoa, that is a take yeah yeah and anything could happen i love it <laughs> my mouth is like completely do you is there a world would it ever get to that point she knows that you know she wants her bread to continue to be butter yeah 
would you think that she would choose to walk away from the check for in order to keep Louis stuff off camera? Is there even room for more Louis content to be revealed? Is this not just a one season thing? I mean, I am finding him interesting as a new player in the world. Like, I mean, I think people have differing opinions on the, the Jersey husbands, but I think he like surprisingly is more camera ready than I thought he was going to be. Like he's mm. engaging and talking and having conversations mm -hmm. and not, not afraid of the camera, except like kind of afraid of the camera because he's waiting in the parking lot. <laughs> but right. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I mean like him trying to reconcile the two sides of the family yeah. seems pretty nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um i don't i know like everything that happened online like seems creepy but what we've seen on yeah. the actual screen i'm like he seems okay mm. i'm nodding okay <laughs> i i um i i wonder how much of this is Teresa being like he's great and i want to protect him and how much of this is Teresa being like wait i don't i I don't know how much of it is Teresa not wanting us to know stuff versus Teresa not wanting Teresa to know stuff right. that she'll then have to deal with. Like, I don't know what's behind this, which would answer the question of like, how long is this going to continue to go on? Tough to tell. Mm. I mean, has there ever been a to be continued wow. on Andy's girls? <laughs> like the one that we just did. Guys, we gave you a little pre consider that the trailer yeah. for the oh next love that. come through come through ag kiki can you tell the listeners a little bit about come through queen about you know what you have been obsessed with discussing on your pod and mm -hmm. the kind of content that they can expect to love on the come through queen patreon sure uh, i mean we we do we go a little episode by episode we focus on things that we're interested in. Like there was Celebrity Big Brother airing this past month. Mm. We had Teddy and Cynthia on there. And that was some riveting television with Cynthia Carson Cressley mm -hmm. of Queer Eye Drag Race fame. Todrick, oh, oh my God. Um, we're, we're very invested also in the Summer House, Winter House, Cinematic Universe. Mm -hmm. Love that. Yeah. It's, uh, to me, that's like the future, the future of Bravo. It's like the new class. Mm. Lindsay Hopkins, give her an apple, please. And it's interesting, like, because they're all crossing over to each other's shows. So, like, am I going to have mm -hmm. to start watching Southern Charm again? I don't know. Mm. Do you think that Lindsay, someone messaged me about that. I'm going to unpack it on a, a Patreon mm -hmm. episode that you guys can listen to literally right now. But do you think that um, Lindsay would ever be considered for New York? I don't know if she'd be considered, but I think she would be a perfect candidate yeah um like especially if they want younger people i think like uh -huh. she's already playing the hamptons game obviously like she's successful yeah. she's now got her mm -hmm. successful boyfriends like mm -hmm. i think it could happen and she's like supremely watchable mm. would you do you think that she would um be considered in a world in which she should be, which I, I think is called the world, mm -hmm. our world. Mm -hmm. Do you think that she would be considered as a compliment to whatever cast is to come or specifically as a replacement to Leah, who might be the closest contemporary to a Lindsay type? Very, not, not similar, but just in terms of an idea from the production um, lens. What do you think is most 
That is a good question. I do think like if we're getting a big shake up, I think she could work as a connector. Like mm-hmm. I could see her, I could see her first episode staying with Luann in the Hamptons and being like, oh, this is my friend Lindsay. I met around the Hamptons. Her boyfriend has stake in this company, Lover Boy. Mm-hmm. We're gonna do some Lover Boy non-alcoholic. Tease. Oh my god, the perfect collab. <laughs> <laughs> that would be honestly, and Carl would pop up and Lou would flirt with Carl. Mm-hmm. And she'd be like, well, fuck Adam. Like, let's this is my new person. Like, I it could be I just don't know that Bravo would ever take that chance. Yeah, I know. I don't know. It's kind of, it's like that and making uh a child a housewife like a Lauren Manzo or a mm, or a Brianna. Yeah, those are like yeah, or Brianna. Those are the yep. two like things that I bet you are like thoughts in their brain but are a big jump to make yeah too big yeah. of a risk yeah you know there are a lot of new beginnings happening in the housewives mm. world mm-hmm. and a lot of new shows and new characters obviously in new directions and it will be fascinating to see that happen and it would also be fascinating to see uh, a housewife mother daughter on the same season at the same time yeah. i mean we've seen siblings mm-hmm. but that has not existed to this point and would be and and is possible sure. mm-hmm. it is not both realistic but it is it is possible as well mm-hmm. and it, it it would be uh, i mean a new beginning like nothing else as long as it's not fucking avery oh, no. i just we, we have one <laughs> we can't we, i have capacity for zero stingers <laughs> so like two is too too many um listen where can people follow you on social potentially listening to the pod like Tell the AGs how they can get in touch, give you feedback, just oodles mm. of love and some cash money at that Patreon. Like, tell us where they can follow you, reach out, all that good stuff. Listen to the pod, obviously, first and foremost. Amazing. You can find everything at comethroughqueen.com. Uh, we have links to everything. Yeah. My God. So straightforward. So yes. Instagram, Twitter, like <laughs> Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all in one spot. Yeah. Meanwhile, if you go to like andysgirls.com, <laughs> I've never done that, but I can guarantee you that I don't think I recommend it. Um, <laughs> speaking, though, of um, AG News, listen, mm. big news dropped today on Instagram while you guys are listening about AG 300, which will be discussed on the next episode. For now, Patreon supporters knew first, but go to my Instagram page um, at Dame Galley. Follow me if you're not already. Big news announcement came out today, the day that you're listening to this <laughs> podcast. I'm so excited about it. I'm excited to talk more about it on the next episode. But um, for now, you gotta you gotta be a Patreon supporter or check on social. It'll take you two seconds <laughs> to go that. to my Instagram and see it. It's um, I'm really, really, really happy about um, the celebration for AG300. So I hope that you guys are all excited as well. And, you know, join the Andrews Girls Patreon. I'm about to do a Satchel Spectacular that'll also be up when you guys are listening to this. Got so many supersized satchel satchels of gold of course ag lingo for your thoughts and feels reactions questions and concerns to all things housewives bravo and more slide into my dms on instagram at dame galley or email me very very long form theses theses um 
by emailing andysgirlsshow at gmail.com and Satchel Spectacular is up there as well as an hour and 20 minute Patreon exclusive episode called Inventing Noella with Ryan Houlihan, which is about 45 minutes of us yelling about Bill de Blasio, because we like to keep things topical mm, here on the AG wow. Patreon. And also and also some Orange County content. It's quite good. It's we get into inventing Noella. We do some inventing Louie. We have some ideas for future inventing eps. Um, and it's quite it's uh it's a good one. So patreon.com slash Andy's Girls. Number one way to support the pod, get exclusive bonus apps, invites to special events, and more. Guys, thanks so much for coming on H. You know I love oh. talking with you. I just love it. I just I think you're both so fantastic and I highly encourage people who enjoy uh, listening to Andy's Girls to, regardless of whether someone's forcing you to listen to AG or not, I, I highly encourage that people um, listen to and follow Come Through Queen because I think you guys are having such interesting, in-depth, um, fun conversations. And I really appreciate when you come on the pod because I, I just honestly get a chance to have an hour and breathe. I, I really just, I appreciate it. Thank you both for coming back on. Thank you. Thank you for having us. My pleasure. Guys, on that note, AGs, you know, check out AG300. Let me know what you're thinking. And I uh, hope everybody's hanging in as best you can. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.